For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce and Doc Holliday are rambling about those Los Angeles Rams. Ramble on. Hi, how are you? Welcome to another episode of Ramblings with Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce and Doc Holliday. I am Doc Holliday. Isaac Bruce is not here. He's tied up, taking care of some business. Can you imagine that? A Pro Football Hall of Famer, a legend, busy taking care of business. The nerve of him. But seriously, Isaac is a busy man, but he'll be back for the next episode. Now, unlike when Isaac was a part of the Rams' greatest show on turf, when, if he missed the game, the Rams still had Tory Hope, Isaacim, or Marsh Falk take up the slack. I don't have that option. I'll ride this thing solo today, but fortunately, this should be a pretty easy show because the Rams have a pretty easy opponent this week. The 0-3 New York Giants. The Giants are coming into SoFi Stadium with nary a win, and they're facing a Rams team that lost last week in New York at Buffalo, so they'll be glad to get another shot at the state of New York, the Rams, losing their first game of the season last Sunday when the Bills got us. 35-32, we lost that game, but we showed some guts and grit and some championships. Come on now. Y'all know I don't curse, even though that rhymes. I ain't finna curse. We came back to take the lead in the fourth quarter despite being down 25 points after playing a horrible first half. Probably would have won if it wasn't for a horrible pass interference call on Darius Williams late in the game on the fourth and seven. They gave Buffalo the ball inside the five when they scored the game-winning touchdown with 15 seconds left to give us and send us home with an L. But thankfully, we are back home this week and playing the New York Giants. And to be honest, the Giants are probably the worst team in the NFL. The only team that may be worse than the Giants is the New York Jets. The Jets are 0-4. They just lost to Denver Thursday night. The only reason the Jets' record is worse than the Giants is because the Giants haven't played this week yet. Let's take a look at what the Giants are bringing to SoFi Stadium. And when I say nothing much at all, as I said, the Giants coming to town 0-3 last week, they got destroyed by another NFC West team, the 49ers, 36-9. And the Giants just don't look good, man. We can look at the roster, and you really can't name anybody on their squad. Saquon Barkley, unfortunately, tore his ACL in week two, say that, so they don't have him. He was really their biggest offensive threat and their best player. But without Saquon Barkley, well, with Saquon Barkley, the Giants were going to have a rough season anyway. But without Saquon Barkley, the Giants really not talking about much of anything, man. Now they come in, like I said, after losing to San Francisco 36-9. Just, just look at their record so far. So far they, lost, they got blasted by the 49ers. They lost to the Bears, 17-13, and they lost to the Steelers, 26-16. to 
And as far as that's concerned, and the reason why they're, lo- they're losing is, like I said, man, they're, they're just not very good at all. Their quarterback, Daniel Jones, the dude who replaced Eli Manning, the dude who really caused Eli Manning to go into retirement because they chose Daniel Jones over Eli Manning. They were ready to push Manning out the door, and they pushed him out the door. And what did they get? Daniel Jones, man. So far, dude has thrown for 699 yards this season. His 233 yards a game is 22nd in the NFL. And he doesn't throw many touchdowns, man. Through three games, Jones has only uh, thrown two touchdowns. And check this out. He's been picked four times. His completion percentage is just 60%. So he's just not playing very good football at all. At all. But the biggest thing I look at, Jones has been sacked nine times so far in three games. So you know what that means? Brethren, you got gas like Aaron Donald you got to face this week, man. And you've already been – They've already given up nine sacks to Daniel Jones so far this season, and now you're facing Aaron Donald. And we know the things Aaron Donald can do, man. So it's going to be tough for Daniel Jones and the rest of that Giants offense and that Giants defense. But the thing about the Giants defense actually hasn't been playing that badly this season. It's just the offense just is horrible. Daniel Jones – the Giants' leading passer, of course, because he's a starting quarterback. 699 yards, as I said, two touchdowns, four picks. But Daniel Jones is also their leading rusher. He has 92 yards rushing so far, zero touchdowns on the ground. But think about that. Their quarterback is their leading rusher with 92 yards rushing. Now, of course, they work counting on Saquon Barkley uh, uh, to do a lot this season, but as I just said, he's out with an ACL, so he won't be back this season. Now, they did just sign Devontae Freeman back on, I think, September 23rd, but he played one game, and that was last week against the 49ers, and I think Freeman had, let me see, 10 yards, I think, on five carries. Yeah, 10 yards on five carries, so he didn't really have much of an impact at all in his first game with the Giants, but you know he was pretty effective with the Falcons until they let him go. Uh, I think he, he played, played with Atlanta for about six years. So, you know, he was pretty effective with the Falcons, but they saw something that they didn't see anymore, and so they let him go. And they picked him up hoping to help their rushing attack, but Freeman didn't do much of helping their rushing attack in his first game playing with, uh, playing with them last week when they got destroyed by San Francisco. But this is just one of those ball games, man, just plain and simple. But uh, this should be an easy win for us. Easy. But at the same time, you can't come into a game like this and look at the team and look at the team's record and be like, okay, this is, should be an easy win for us because the other team still has professional football players. And there is a such thing as taking teams lightly. I've played on squads before where you take a team lightly and the team is horrible and they absolutely kick your butt. But I really don't see that happening with our Rams this uh, week because they've been playing so well so far in these first three weeks, man, even though we lost and then we're now 2-1. and one. And despite that 2-1 and one record, that 2-1 and one record still looks pretty good because, as we said, man, they played Buffalo, got behind in that first half. And if, if we could really just throw that first half out, we would have been good because second half, we straight dominated Buffalo. Buffalo can say what they want, but we made some adjustments, came out in the second half with more intensity, more focus, 
And, you know, our Rams, they even say in that first half they were missing tackles, missing assignments, really just one focus, uh, really wasn't into the game mentally for whatever reason. And that can happen. You know, that was their second week going across country, going from the West Coast to the East Coast the week before they went and did the same thing and beat the brakes off Philadelphia. Crushed them 37-19. So we fly back home. Then the next week you got to go back and do the same thing. Go to Buffalo, out east, in New York. Came out flat, came out dead flat, and ended up coming out with our first loss of the season. But despite that loss, we're still balling, man. Jared Goff still playing extremely well. He's leading this Rams offense right now. Offense, we're averaging 449 yards a game. Guess what that ranks in the NFL? Third. So we balling, man. Goff is averaging 279 yards passing a game. He's seventh in the league, and we're averaging 29 points per game. So we're putting up some points. Now, when you look at the Rams, uh, you look at the Rams offense and compare that to the Giants offense. Man, it ain't even close. Our Rams offense so much more explosive, so much better than what the Giants have been doing, and uh, we third in the NFL in offense. Giants ranked 31st in offense. 272 yards of total offense, man. Well, they're averaging 272 yards a game in offense. We're almost averaging 200 more yards per game on offense than them. We talked about Daniel Jones and his struggles, man, and his lack of good play. Just two touchdowns, been picked off four times, been sacked nine times. He's throwing for 215 yards a game. 26 best in the NFL, and there's only 32 teams, so that's pretty horrible. But check this out, though. They can't score. The Giants cannot score the ball, but if you can't move the ball, your offense is horrible. Of course you can't score the ball. New York is only averaging 12 points per game. Check that out now. 12 points per game. Think about that. 12 points per game. The Giants are the second to last, the next to last worst team in scoring and yards. Ranked 31st. But they've only scored three touchdowns this season. Now that is worst in the NFL. And they don't do a good job of taking care of the football either. They tie with the Vikings and Redskins for second most turnovers in the NFL with seven. So as we say, man, New York coming in, just they suck. Point blank, period. They suck. They're not playing well. And we are playing well. And we're coming off a loss. So not only should we come into the game more focused, upset, pissed off, whatever you want to say, but we're back home. And that's always good, man, to be back home in La La Land, Inglewood, and SoFi Stadium at their beautiful stadium, even though no fans can be in there. But just being back at the crib after having go across country for the last two weeks, they got to be happy about that. I know they're happy about that. And we, when we just look at the matchup of this, this, this football game, as I say, our offense – Third in the NFL, 
averaging 449 yards a game. But you know what? That that Giants defense is not pretty bad. It's, you know, it's pretty good. We're averaging 449 yards a game. That Giants defense is only giving up 357 yards a game. Now, they do give up 26 points a game, which is good because, you know, we rocking. We scoring. But the Giants defense is not as bad as the offense. The Giants defense is not as bad as how the team looks. Now, they do have a killer on their squad. Dude named Blake Martinez. When I say he's a killer, he's a baller. He's balling. He's playing extremely well this year. He is literally easily their best defender. He has 30 tackles. That's type of third in the league, so you got to keep an eye on him, man. Blake Martinez is one of those dudes. You you just got to know where he is. He has five tackles for loss, which is first in the league. He also has two sacks, so we got to account for him. But once you account for him, man, you you should be pretty much able to do whatever you want want to do with that defense because our offense is just that good. And not only that, you know, we talk about how Jerry Goff has been playing, and uh, I said it, you know, I said it before, and I said it again, man. Dude looks like the Jerry Goff from a couple of years ago when we went to the Super Bowl. I mean, the way he's commanding the offense. And it's not just his command of the offense. It's just the confidence that he plays with. He just seems like he plays like he knows he's the best player on the field. He plays like he knows he's the best quarterback on the field. And that's something we have to be happy about and have to be happy to be encouraged, have to be encouraged about because this is the Jerry Goff we wanted to see and this is the Jerry Goff we need. Because with this Jerry Goff, oh, we can go to the Super Bowl. Not only that, we can win the Super Bowl. Now, we do need the defense to play a lot better than what they've been playing. And we talk about Aaron Donald a lot. He, You know, he's a killer. He's a baller. Can't beat what he's doing, man. I mean, he's just absolute destroying cats. But he does what he does, and we know he's going to do what he does. But we got, we got other dudes. You know, Leonard Floyd on that defense. Micah Kaiser. He's playing extremely well, but we got to stop giving up so many points, man. We got to. We're giving up 23 points a game. That's three touchdowns. We're giving up 253 yards passing a game, 119 yards rushing a game. We can do better right there. And giving up 23 points a game, we can do a lot better right there. But giving up big plays in, in horrible situations like we did at Buffalo, Man, third and 22, come on. I'm, you know, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. But I think the Rams defense, they know they got to play better. They got a new defense coordinator, so new scheme. Sometimes you have some growing pains. But fortunately, our growing pains have come in the midst of us still winning games. Now, we lost one, but our growing pains have come, and we're still 2-1. So the defense isn't playing horribly. They can play a lot better. But the fact that we're still 2-1, knowing that the defense is probably going to get better, and going to play better, that's something that we have to look for, be happy about and have to look forward to. And another thing we can look forward to and be happy about is may have found us, may have found us a workhorse in that backfield. Daryl Henderson balled out last game. 
first 100-yard game of his short NFL career. And what I liked about what Daryl is doing is just his explosiveness. See, it's one thing when a running back sees the hole. An offensive line been doing a great job of making holes. But when a running back sees the hole and you're able to get to the hole before it closes, that's a whole other situation. Because trust me, in the NFL, when them holes open up, you really got to be going toward the line of scrimmage before the hole opens up because it closes that fast. You got to have that instinct. But the thing about it, watching what Daryl did against Buffalo on Sunday, the offensive line made some huge holes. And Daryl was able to see the hole as he was going toward the line of scrimmage and get through the hole. And I like that speed and that explosiveness and that quickness that he's shown. Not only that, Running tough because Daryl will run you over. I mean, he's short. He's thick. He's from Mississippi. They make him thick down there. Trust me, I'm from Memphis, so I know. I've been all around Mississippi. My family's from Mississippi, so I know how they're made. They're tough. And Daryl is thick and strong, fast, doing a lot better in the uh, passing game, picking up blitzes and catching the ball. So really, really encouraged how Daryl is playing, man, to go with Jerry Goff. So we knew that Daryl had the potential of being a threat. Now we know what he can do. He's balling, and I expect him to have a big game this week because, you know, New York coming in, they're giving up 123 rushing yards a game. So if we give Daryl the opportunities, he can easily have another 100-yard game because that offensive line, hey, man, I can't say enough about him. They're, they're playing well. Lost a starter, plug somebody in, they're still balling, still playing well. They've done a good job of protecting Jerry Goff so far. So – I'm looking forward to this game, looking forward to us bouncing back, getting us another W. I'm looking for the Rams to continue that dominant play because when you got Daryl to go with all the other weapons we have on offense, man, I mean, we, we can keep talking about it, but it's, it's the fact that it matter. Cooper Cup, balling out, our leading receiver, but we're not surprised about that, 223, 228 yards. And a touchy through three games. Robert Woods right behind him, I think around 195 yards receiving or something like that. So both of them are up there. And you know we got Tyler Hick, but we got all kinds of people we can give the ball to. But I think one person we may not be giving the ball to this week is Cam Akers. He'll probably sit out again, I think, with ribs. He didn't play against Buffalo uh, because he had a rib injury. And you really don't need to rush him back against New York. No need to do that against the Giants this week because they suck. So we should be able to make it through this game with the W and without having one of our young weapons, one of our young guns and cam Akers. Now, I talk about the Giants and I talk about the offense. And as I said, you know, their defense is pretty good. Uh, when you look at, you know, some of their best defenders, as we said, Martinez, balling, running around, running around everywhere, tackling and I think I don't think dude I think dude only missed like two tackles or something this season or something like that. So once he puts his hands on you, you coming down. But you know, defensive end Leonard Williams, he's you know he has ten, two sacks, so you have to watch him. Uh, and other cats, you know, Lorenzo Carter, Dexter Lawrence, some other guys, James Bradbury, uh, cornerback, you got to watch out for. But it's really all about us. The Giants got to watch out for us. We can sit here and scout report them. We can sit here and say their stats. Uh, and it is what it is, man. But New York coming to SoFi, they got to watch out for us. Because if we break it down, 
Their quarterback against our quarterback. Our quarterback easily better, man. Ain't even close. But just for the sake of conversation, Jerry Goff, Daniel Jones, man, ain't even close, man. Daniel Jones got a long way to go. Daniel Jones got to prove that he's an NFL quarterback. Right now he's playing about as bad as Sam Donald in both of them in New York. Those two New York teams, man. And, and another thing, New York coming in here, dealing with us, another NFC East team. We already smacked the hell out of two NFC East teams this year, Cowboys in week one, Philadelphia in week two. Now we got another NFC East team, the worst NFC East team, the Giants. But they got to see us, man. And I'm extremely optimistic that we will get a W this week because I think we're really that good. I know we're really that good. And we haven't even played a complete game yet, like offense and defense and special teams all clicking and playing well. You know, we've had some problems on special teams. So when we show up, all of that, and I hate the word sure because that's such a cliche and everybody says shore up. But when we improve in all those areas and we have the special teams playing well and Slobin giving us some confidence because we got to be confident when you, hit the, when you hit the field, bro. We can't be worried about if you're going to hit the exit point, if you're going to hit the field goal. We, we don't want to be living like that. So when we get Slobin, if we can get Slobin to be, you know, uh, more accountable, dependable, we don't be worried about that. Do a better job in the punt return. You know, Cooper Cup returning punts for us uh, this year, and I don't think he returned punts at all in college, but they, they made the decision to put him back there to return punts. And let me tell you all some people, when you, when you criticize a punt returner, look, man, th- that's a hard job. Seriously, though. I mean, I don't think people understand how fast cats in the NFL move. I remember before I played my first NFL game, I used to stand on the sideline. or I used to watch it. And you watch it, you'd be like, man, a play lasts about two or three seconds, and it's over with. It don't look that violent till your ass get out there. Man, them cats rolling. Them cats balling. And I still always think, I always say this because this is one of my most vivid memories. This was a preseason game against the Kansas City Chiefs in 1996. It was a pass play. Jamie Martin was the quarterback. I was supposed to block the defensive end, but I admit I wanted to rock. I didn't miss him on purpose, but I didn't get him. So when I got him, I knew Jamie was going to be rushed. So he was rushed. He dumped me the ball. I caught it. When I turned around, it was really like nowhere, nobody near me for seriously like 20 yards other than the defensive linemen that were behind me. But I'm faster than them. So in college, I probably would have picked up about 25, 30 yards. But this play, nah. Got about 10, 12 yards down the field and everybody was there. The defensive linemen who I thought were cutting on the ground, they had caught me. The free safeties and the cornerbacks had came off their men, they had caught me. So that's just how fast these dudes move, man. It's just a speed that you don't understand and you can't comprehend unless you're out there. And I go back watching Cooper Cup and watching punt returners, man. When y'all see a good punt returner or a great punt returner, you need to, you need to, you need to clap for them. Because that's got to be a scary situation. Because when that when – that, punter punch that ball and it goes high in the air and your head has to go up and you got to take your eyes off 
these 11 dudes, well, these 10 dudes, because we ain't going to count the punter. We ain't going to need to count the snapper either because they don't really be talking about nothing. But some snappers, they will smack you. But anyway, you got these 10 dudes running down, and you don't – you know how fast they are. So in your head, you got a little clock. So you got to make a decision. Do I fair catch this? Or do I catch it and try to make something happen? Are they on me? Is the ball kicked low? Is it kicked so high? How many sec- – I mean, look. So the punt return, it, that's got to be one of the scariest jobs on the football field if you just decide to take the punt back. Or you may decide to fair catch it, but that still don't mean you're going to get smacked in your, smacked upside the head because some dudes hit you anyway. So I can understand if Cooper, I, I can understand Cooper Cup struggles right now, trying to gauge which ones to catch, trying to hold on to it. Which ones to catch, which ones to let go over my head. So I, I feel where he's coming from in that because it's not easy. But if we can get all that together and clicking, special teams, offense keep doing what they're doing, keep doing a great job, offensive line, keep doing a great job of making those holes and those running lanes for Daryl Henderson and these running backs to run through, keep doing a great job of protecting Jared Goff, keeping him off the ground, keeping him not sacked, giving him a clean pocket, we keep doing a good job on offense, man, of doing our play action and our misdirection, keeping defenses off, uh, uh, off balance. Because that's a good thing. That's a great thing that we've been doing. Sean McVay and Jerry Goff been doing a great job of keeping defenses off balance. Moving quickly, playing quickly, making the right decisions with Jared. We can keep doing that and get our defense to finally, you know, just come together and have a great showing and play together and jail with that chemistry. Oh man, if we get all if we get all three phases of the football of our football team playing well, we're one of the best teams in the league. I mean, we're one of the best teams in the league right now because every week we can beat anybody. It just depends on if we come play for an entire four quarters, which we have, which we did the first two games. And just, you know, we took the first half off against Buffalo. But throw that out the window. The last two quarters, that second half, man, balling. Balling. If we can do that every week and get a couple of good breaks because every great team still needs some great breaks, some good breaks. Be a great season for us. But we got the advantage in every position here on Sunday. Our quarterback better than that quarterback. Our running game is easily better than their running game. Our offensive line easily better than our offensive line. Their offensive line is horrible. They've allowed that dude to be sacked nine times. Come on, man. He got to be mad about that. He probably scared every time he dropped back for a pass because he don't know if he's going to get hit in the mouth. And he's already struggling, making the right decisions, making reads. Completing passes. Now, he does have a, 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 a weapon, a threat, though. Darius Slayton. I mean, dude, pretty good. Wide receiver Darius Slayton, he's pretty good. He has two touchdowns through three games, 188 yards receiving. So, you got to watch him. But Daniel Jones got to be nervous as heck, man. But like I said, our quarterback better than theirs. Running backs better than yours. Offensive line better than yours. Tight ends better than y'all's. Even though Evan Ingram is pretty good, but he ain't got nobody throwing the ball. Hell, Daniel Jones can't get it to him. He ain't got time. And if, even if he did, he ain't accurate. 
I think his longest pass play this season is maybe 41 yards or something like that. So it ain't like he gunslinging. Now defensive line, our defensive line better than his. Linebacker. Mm, like I said, they have Blake Martinez. It's 30 tackles, but you know, you know, they, he moving around. You got to watch him. But Micah, he's our leading tacker, tackler. He has 26 tackles, tied for six in the league. So, you know, pretty even right there. DBs, I ain't even close, man. You know, we just we got Jalen Rams. We ain't got to talk about nobody else. We got Jalen Rams. They don't have Jalen Rams. They don't have a Jalen Rams. But that defense isn't as horrible as the offense, but. That defense isn't the defense of an 0-3 team, but still, you're still giving up 26 points a game, almost four touchdowns a game. That ain't that good. So we got them beat on offense. We got them beat on defense. The linebackers' units, they your linebacker unit, our linebacker unit is pretty much a push. But every, everywhere else, we got the advantage. Coaching, easily got the advantage. Joe Judge, I don't know what's up. I knew this dude was going to have problems when they was talking about him in training camp, talking about he, he started practice over. I'm about to do that in the NFL, man, starting practice over. This ain't college. And the thing about them old former Patriots assistants, man, they, they get these head coaching jobs, and they try to go into these jobs like they are Bill Belichick. You got to earn the respect of players, man. I don't care who you are. Bill Belichick will have to earn his respect, but he has earned his respect. But if Bill Belichick were to leave New England and go coach somewhere else, he would have to earn those dudes' respect. They were like, okay, that's good what you did in New England, but what about here? How you going to deal with us? But those New England assistants, man, like Joe Judge and Matt Patricia, dudes like that, it's like you, Bill O'Brien, come on, bro. Y'all take these jobs and go, man, like these grown men supposed to automatically respect y'all, man, and listen to what y'all saying because y'all came from New England. They don't know nothing about you. They don't know what your philosophies are. They don't know how you treat players. They don't know if you have proper respect for players. And say what you want to say, man. You can't be just screaming at grown men, millionaires at that. Some of them hit $300,000, $400,000 a week. Come on, man. Them dudes not hearing that crap. So I ain't a Giants fan, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much glad that Joe Judge is getting what he deserves so far, and I hope we really give him what he deserves on Sunday, another W. Hope we put 47 points on them. And I think we can put 47 points on them. I'm confident we're going to put a dub on them. A dub for us and an L for them. Because the matchup, as I said, man, not close. Quality of coaching, not coach. Sean McVay got them. Easily. Our players are better. Our team is better. Our stadium is better. The city is better. The cities are better. Our uniforms are better. Everything is better. Our shows are better. Our food is better. Everything is better. But we shall see. And I'm looking forward to it. Our 2-1 Rams versus the 0-3 Giants. And I predict that we'll leave this week 3-1. and 
And they'll leave this week 0-4 so they can look just like the other New York team. They can be twins, identical twins, 0-4 twins. And we'll be 3-1, still sitting pretty in the NFC West, which it turns out it's been a pretty, it's a pretty good NFC West. So we shall see. We shall see. And we shall see you all, at least hear you all, or you all hear us, hopefully. You're subscribing and listening and sharing this podcast, Ramblings, with Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce and Doc Holliday. That's going to do it for this episode of Ramblings. My brother will be back next episode. Isaac Bruce, take care of business, man. Miss you, brethren. We'll see him Monday. Hear from him Monday. And you'll hear from me Monday, God willing. Until next week, we out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.